Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 191 of the podcast, where each week we go over business news, finance news, personal finance news, and we do a question of the week. Before we get into it, make sure you like, subscribe, five star, rate and review wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the notification bell as well as subscribe. We'll get right into the episode. The first thing I want to touch on is a financial update, a stock market update of the week, and going through what's going on in the lovely stock market so far this morning and this past week. This past week, I want to go through um, the chart first and foremost. Again, it's been a bit of a drawdown this past week, this past month. If you kind of look at the direction we're heading, I think a lot of that's due to the fact that investors are starting to price in a bit of the fact that we will not see a pivot from the Fed soon, meaning a lowering of interest rates. Interest rates will be entrenched higher for a foreseeable future. There may be another interest rate hike before the year is out, and we may get interest rate hikes in 2024. Um, With all that said, we now know um, that yields are much higher, and so that plays a part into where investor funds are flowing um, and different things of that nature. So, of course, for us, we've allocated properly because we think, one, for new cash, there's yields that you know we can look at um, for new cash. For stuff that's already invested, it's going to be volatile. We already know that. That's part of investing um, for the foreseeable future. But we still have more data to come um, on the CPI front, on the inflation front, um, and so so that's that's kind of what's going on at this point in time. So again, in the foreseeable future, next week, three, four, five weeks, probably be more volatile. The the pullback that I was you know, seen was earlier than expected. If you look at the six months, July 30th was literally the top of the market. July 30th, the top, the near term top. And from then we've had a little bit of a correction. Um, so two things happen in this area. You can continue to run and, and run for yield, or you can see a correction as a good opportunity. If the correction is continues, that's going to be a good, good opportunity for investors. If the correction continues further in a downwards, um, downward motion, Incredible opportunity for investors um, at that time, I believe. Um, so that's something to keep watch. Let's get into some of the news this week. I thought this was a cool article I, that I skimmed the headline. Latino buying power per, power surges to $3.2 trillion. Latino consumers' economic power in the United States was resilient through COVID and keeps growing, reaching $3.2 trillion in 2021, according to a new Latino data, data collaborative report. Um, so this means it's... This Latino buying power in the U.S. has now overtaken the economic output of the U.K. and India and is expected to challenge Germany and Japan's decks. Um, annualized wage growth, spending grew. Um, this is pretty good to see for the Latino community that buying power is surging. That just means that um, income more likely and wage is growing um, and with stability as well. So that's a good, good thing that you're seeing. And then hopefully that bends, lends to more saving and investing for people of this community. Um, so people that identify as Hispanic or Latino. Um, and so this is a good thing. I think it's always a good report to see communities, especially minority communities, doing something that is well, doing something well, I should say. All right. So I, I looked at the 50 this uh 50 startups to watch this year i wanted to see um who was in there um so let's see um linkedin's top 50 startups to watch let's see if we recognize any names 
on this list. Um, it'd be cool to see if there's any names we recognize on the list or that we've potentially funded. All right. So 50 startups to watch. Ramp. Ramp is a pretty popular one. Uh, really popular during the can founded in 2019, really popular during the COVID pandemic. Um, Liquid Death, I've seen, seen plenty of. It's a food and beverage company. Um, whatnot. Have not heard of whatnot. What is whatnot? It is a data and data analyst software development, social media marketing. So okay, okay. Wiz computer and network security. That sounds interesting. Cohere cohere health. Software development, um, Drada. So the top 10, I only recognize a couple in here. Charlie Health, I do have heard of. Um, Seamless AI. All right. Growth therapy, mental health. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I recognize a few of the 50 startups to watch. It's always good. Underdog Fantasy, another one. I've seen their, their marketing and strategy all over the place. It's always good to just see what's coming up as far as new companies. One, they may be growing and hiring. So that's for areas for people to look at if they're growing and hiring. Um, might be good for people that are looking for a change um, to to head that way and start looking at what could potentially be there. Um, so I always get to look at that um, and be aware of what's going on in the underground world of the private venture and startup market. Moving on. So there's been a lot of theft at stores. I go into Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, wherever I go, and now everything is locked up behind the glass. You have to hit a button to have someone come help you to find whatever item you made. It's just something simple. It could be simple as soap. Um, so Target has realized crazy theft. And so they're closing nine stores in four states because of rampant theft. They said on they said that's on Tuesday. So they're closing stores in New York, Seattle, Portland, and San Fran. Um, because of the threatening, the rising theft is threatening the safety of the team and guests. And not only that, according to Target, it's hurting their business. Shrink rate, which encompasses stolen, lost, and damaged merchandise, ticked up from 1.4% to 1.6% of sales in 2022. Um, so that's just showing that it's becoming more and more rampant. Um, and yeah, it's not it's not a good thing. You're seeing this more and more. What's gonna happen is the past, the costs. For shrink has to be passed on to the consumer. The cost for the inconvenience is passed on to the consumer as well as the company, right? They have to do all these different things, maybe hire security, lock things up behind the door. Then that means the consumer has to come in and say, hey, I need this. And they have to call someone over, which just makes the buying experience less efficient and will probably hurt sales in the long run. Um, so that's something to watch out for if you see more cities is stuff behind bars, uh, behind glass bars and, and whatever at your local convenience store? Let me know what's happening. Um, I'd love to love to see that. Next, we have more strikes. So Vegas hotel workers are not going to go on strike. And I sold this, said this last week. More and more people will tend to do that because, of course, Wages aren't that strong for a lot of these, you know, positions and jobs. And two, they're seeing strikes be successful in other places. And after this, we'll talk about the end of the Writers Guild strike. Um, and so, so that's something that you're going to see going forward. But now the Vegas hotel workers, um, hospitality workers on Tuesday approved to authorize a strike that could shutter several major resorts on Las Vegas Strip and potentially hobble a city that was hit hard by the pandemic and is aching economic activity. Two unions representing 40,000 hotels and casino employees whose contracts with Caesar Entertainment, MGM Resorts International and Wynn 
have expired and 95% of voting members support a walkout. That's pretty much everyone, majority. Um, So this is going to be another Las Vegas is next. You've seen auto workers, Las Vegas. You saw the writers, guilds, actors. You've seen more and more of this. And this is just another example of a strike that may hobble um, a city economically for a little bit. And there'll be a battle. And whoever has more leverage will win out in the end. But a settlement more than likely will hopefully come um, once they haggle out the details. But this is another strike. And we'll probably keep a strike watch because I don't think this is the end. I don't think it's the end in the slightest bit. And we're talking more about workers and strikes. The writers in Hollywood studios have reached an agreement after almost half a year, five months of strikes. So they finally reached a tentative agreement this week. I think it's about to be signed. Um, and it looks like it was a win for the writers. The contract may have higher royalties uh, from the streamers, meaning your Netflix or Max's. Um, so they want higher royalties as well as AI protections, meaning they can't just use, repurpose their stuff with AI. They want protections for AI. Um, and this was a steep, steep, financially steep strike. The Hollywood strike workers, the writers and workers had to pull $45 million from their retirement plans. This was, was surmised by analysts. And studios could lose up to $1.6 billion in global sales because of delayed movies. So yeah, this was a big one. It looks like it's about to come to an end um, here pretty, pretty soon. So um, congrats to the writers and the, the workers of Hollywood to getting that done. Took a bit. Not gonna lie, it took them a bit. You might have noticed some staleness in your shows you're watching. If you're watching some, I like I recommend Top Boy on Netflix. The new season came out really great um, last season. Um, and so um, good, good show. And that looks to be Reddit is now encouraging people to start posting on social media. I think that's um, interesting as well. They're going to start giving creators um, funds for doing so. There's another story on retirement plan that I thought was interesting. Retirement spending is not pass fail. So we don't, we talked about this in the previously, the, the, the reason to retire, the ability to retire means you've saved enough so you can live off your funds um, and not worry about having income. But if you have income, it's good. If not, it's okay. Cause you can live off your retirement savings, pull some to spend uh, while the principal stays more than likely invested. Um, and, Retirement security is a concern for a lot of older people, right? You have inflation. You don't know if you're going to outlive your money that you've saved. Um, and 58% of people worry about that. Um, but again, it's not a pass fail because one thing you can do is realize that it's almost impossible to financially ruin yourselves. Most people that retire are very, very, what one, frugal, careful. They don't go on some vendor. You know, the point of life is to actually, they say, all right, work 20, 30 years. Then when you retire, you can live the best life. Most people really don't do that. They kind of sit around at home. They're older. Um, they don't have any people around. So they just kind of like chill and and try to spend and try to enjoy life, maybe travel a little bit. But the most part, they're just kind of really laid, laid back. So it's really, really hard to like blow money on a stupid purchase, right? Like when you're just kind of chilling. Um, and another thing is no risk-based guardrails. Understand that um, you can change spending habits based on what's happening on. You can make you know, decisions, financial spending decisions based on your shifting goals. So if you were like, all right, this month I'm going to have a good time, spend, go out to the nicest restaurants. And the next month you're like, all right, I went a little bit 
hard on this. I know I am retired. I want to spend a little bit less. You can always make those adjustments. So it's not one size fits all, but people can do that. Again, really hard to make the biggest thing first and foremost to save as much, save and invest as much now to be able to do these things because that's what's going to drive the ability to do them in the future. Um, and that's what we try to help. We're helping over 460 households now doing that. Tens of millions of dollars being managed here on the New Street side. Questions of the week. Let's dive into that. The first one, I thought it was really cool to look at um, career-wise because we're talking about inflation and unemployment potentially rising. So for those shifting jobs or trying to find, let's talk a little career and let's ask this question. What percent of companies say soft skills matter as much or more than hard skills in hiring? Um, I'm letting this load for me so I can have an answer for you all. And they may not, and we may not have an answer for this one, but we will see. Oh, we do see it. Okay. What percent of companies say soft skills? And I think soft skills would mean of your articulation, your writing, your communication, those type of things versus your hard skills, your technicals. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, honestly, in like sales and in most jobs, it's going to be much higher. I would say over 50%, maybe 60% say soft skills are more important. Yeah, it was even under value. 92% say soft skills matter as much or more than hard skills. Um, that's that's a pretty, pretty steep bar. That that makes sense to me. If you think about what drives things in the career, when you get higher up in the, in the ladder, you're pretty much speaking, you're articulating, you're directing, you're selling, um, you're not doing the technicals. It's the technicals and the really Excel PowerPoint that's done at the lower junior levels. Um, but those soft skills, the ability to sell, those are so, so important. So really, really lead up on that. That's something that everyone can really get better at it if possible. What is the average amount of time between a job interview and receiving an offer? So you finish it. So it's like the final job interview and then you're looking to receive an offer. I'm going to say a couple months, maybe a month, um, 20 to 40 days. Yeah, it's a little bit of a wait time. That's why it's important if people are looking or trying to make transitions one, do it now. Make sure your resume is up to date for those people that need to do so. And also start it now. Don't wait. Start making those moves because you never know what will happen. But I do know what's happening next, folks. That is it for this week. We thank you for joining every week. Share with your family and friends. And we will talk next week.